Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So I'm excited because this next episode for you, I'm moving them up in the lineup because I just finished a series of solo episodes for the Thanksgiving holiday season. And this gentleman I knew was coming. And uh, I'm excited because he's actually a repeat co-host, his second appearance on the Live the Fuel show, where we fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. And this gentleman aired back on episode 158. We titled that show, Vulnerable Strength, Blue Blockers, and the No Alcohol Challenge. And uh, for those people watching on video, I am rocking some blue blocking technology right now. This gentleman has some very stylish frames. I will give you a little uh, headline on that because I've brought him up on the show multiple times. So without further ado, a guy who cares a lot about sleep, a guy who cares a lot about helping people find a healthier lifestyle by taking a break from that alcohol toxin. Welcome back to the show, James Swanick. Scott, thank you so much for having me back again. I'm okay. so so lucky. I'm so charmed. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm having a blast. I think I just missed your accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, well, I'm here in Los Angeles, California, rocking the Australian accent. So they, they, they do they love that there. I mean, I feel like LA is so population dense that they probably you probably have every dialect and every accent under the sun there. My accent certainly doesn't work as well as it did in Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. Ah, yes, I will give you that. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously, uh, for the for the newer listeners, uh, James Swanick is obviously the uh, founder and creator of Swanick Sleep. And the reason why I'm rocking my blue blockers for the video watchers, and he is as well, is that uh, it, for me at least, here on the East Coast, it's now already getting dark out. It's after 5 p.m. And one of the beauties of blue blockers is we're blocking out all that wonderful, yet not wonderful, uh, blue light frequencies that come off of, I, I have literally three computer monitors in front of me, <laughs> iPhones, uh, iPads, whatever else you got. It's not very good for your eye, is it, James? No, it's terrible. In fact, every time that you're staring into your cell phone or your computer screen or a TV screen at nighttime, then you're tricking your body and brain into thinking that it's daytime, which means you don't produce as much melatonin, which means you don't fall asleep as quickly or you toss and turn in the night or you wake up in the morning feeling tired, even if you've had seven or eight hours. So exposing yourself to blue light at night is really compromising your sleep and your health. And then too much exposure to blue light during the day, for example, staring into a screen like this, can also give you headaches and migraines and, and you know really help you lose your clarity and focus. So anything you can do to block blue light with a pair of orange lenses mm -hmm. on a pair of glasses like these ones um, is going to be great for your health. You know, I found... Uh just because, and I wish I could compare them right now, but I, I love your glasses so much, I gave a pair away. So I had one of your black frame designs before these new, we're calling them diamonds now? Yeah, so, the diamonds, yeah. So, so real quick, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, for those of you who follow the show regularly, I love crowdfunding, Kickstarters, uh, Indiegogos, anything that can you know, truly prove that a product is wanted and needed, you can't beat the power of crowdfunding. So James rocked uh, the ones I'm rocking now and the one he's rocking, the diamonds, as a little, at the time we called it the Model X uh, programmer, and we uh, we we crushed that crowdfunding campaign. <laughs> and I already owned a pair that you had sent me of your standard black frame because you have lots of different styles. But wasn't the lens a little bit different? Than yeah, these? we've we've updated the we've updated the lens even more. To be to be frank with you, the previous lens 
gives you as much protection as you possibly could could need from blue light. But as anything, we always like to like to improve on it. So we've made these just a little bit more, given a little bit more protection, yeah. tiny little bit clearer as well. Yeah. I mean, they're all they're already close to what I would call perfect, but. We've just made them, you know, just even a little bit more so. Yeah. So I, I, one of the things I noticed was when they showed up and I compared them and admittedly, I've had other blue blocker guys on the show, mm. other designs. And I, I do truly, I have no problem plugging you. You have the most stylish designs, at least for me. Uh, Thank you. You have a, a quite a diverse opportunity on your website. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're a guy, you're a girl, trust me, if you can't find something that works that you want to be able to geek out and actually save the health of your eyes. I challenge you not to find something that works on, on, on James's site. So again, that's Swanick Sleep, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. And you're, you're on Amazon too, right? Yeah, we're on Amazon yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one thing I noticed. When these showed up, I was so excited to see the program get one. And obviously, it takes you time to roll them out through production and, and get them out to everybody. And you guys do not hold back as a marketing guy myself. I love the fact, dude, your packaging is on point. The boxes that come, like, I feel bad getting rid of the box. Like, the box looks so nice. You throw in, hold on, what do I got here? One of these little extra, and it's, you know, Swanick branded, uh, you know, cleaning cloths. I have the cases right here. So you guys cover the bases when it comes to taking your product very seriously and making sure it stands out as a superior uh, product in the marketplace when it comes to just, I, I think the blue blocking glass market has actually finally taken off and it's getting more diversified. So... Well, thank you very much for the kind words. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I we we pride ourselves on definitely having the most stylish glasses because we want people to wear them consistently. Because here's the thing: human beings, you, me, everyone else listening to this, we're lazy, right? And so, if you like so to do to do anything consistently, we need to kind of be motivated to do that thing, right? Whether it's exercise or eating well, whatever it is. So. People are not motivated to wear ugly biohacking protective blue light blocking glasses. I mean, maybe you'll wear them one night a week, maybe, but you're not going to want to wear them the second night or the third night, etc. So we've deliberately created stylish glasses because Scott, let me tell you something. I'm pretty vain. I'm just vain enough. Yeah, that yeah. I want to I want to rock a pair of stylish blue light blocking glasses. Actually, so. I'm literally screen sharing your website right now. Again, ladies and gentlemen, Swanick S W A N W I C K Sleep dot com. He's not paying me to advertise. I'm just showing props where props are due. Uh, I, I forgot you had an aviator style. I feel like I need to go back online and get an aviator pair. You know, it's uh, there's <laughs> you, you know like what I'm talking about. There's certain events you go to. It's just like you know what I feel like an aviator day. I'm just you know, it's a Top Gun thing. I don't know. Yeah, I've got it. Speaking of which, I've I've got my Maverick uh, dog tags right here from Halloween oh, uh, earlier. Check this I, out. I, I did see you on Instagram. <laughs> it says uh, Pete Pete Maverick Mitchell. There you go. There's my dog tag. There it is. So yeah, and I agree with your point. Um, I consider myself a a hacker or biohacker or whatever hashtag you want to use today. And I, I can thank people like uh, Dave Asprey to help bring some of this to the forefront and his, and his brand growth and uh, shout out to Dr. Jack Cruz. I mean, that's the first guy that I really, I had him back on episode 51. He, I don't think anybody has beat his downloads to this date. He's got a pretty viral following, but that mm. he was the guy that truly dug me into the health, uh, knowledge really behind why blue blockers are so important yeah i mean i think to your point a couple of minutes ago i think that the mainstream 
is starting to kind of catch on on this blue light blocking thing. I mean, it's still not it's still not mainstream. It's no. still niche. It's still biohacky, but it's just it's starting. The needle is starting to move noticeably um, to the point where, you know, I think I'm pretty confident that in, in five years' time, we're going to look back on today, on this time, and go, "Wow, what were we thinking? Like mm. staring into a phone and a TV screen and a computer without protecting our eyes." True, and uh, the funny thing is. I don't know if you went back in time and you told somebody that computer technology was going to be dangerous. I mean, I know that's a very strong word and position to take, but I think people need to understand though, that when we invented computers, we didn't have the displays and the LCD and the multi-layered touchscreens and all this level of technology we have today that goes into a monitor. I mean, when I learned to, to type, I learned on a classic typewriter word processor, and then the I think it was called the Tandy 1000, which was like a mm -hmm. monochrome monitor with green letters on a, on a black screen. I don't think I had to worry about blue light frequencies back then. <laughs> yeah, and, and now it's, you know, I, I think it really started to come into our conscious as soon as Steve Jobs, um, you know, released the, the first iPhone back in 2007. I mean, that was 11 years ago now. That was where things started to change because up until that point we had a screen on our phone but it was really small and we weren't spending that much time on it but the moment that that phone became like a walking television studio or a walking computer and something that we now, we now spend hours a day on was the moment we started staring into essentially a mini sun mm -hmm. now imagine you just walking around all day uh with uh, with flashlights with a flashlight strapped to your head Imagine your wife or your friends or whatever walking around all day and all night with a flashlight strapped to their head. And you're sitting and looking you, at each other. <laughs> yeah, and you're looking at each other. Like if like that's essentially what we're doing. Like if when you like when you go to bed each night and you scroll through that phone before you go to sleep, imagine you're you're lying next to someone, whether it's your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife, and they have a flashlight on their head and they're talking to you and the flat the light is just like whoosh, yeah. in your face the whole time that's going to affect your sleep oh yeah besides that's the fact going, that normally you'd be like uh could you please turn that off <laughs> right exactly but that's what we're doing all day and i gotta tell you i mean look i i love technology i love innovation i'm all for that i love my phone i love i do i love my phone Agreed. but i have to but i have to tell you i have really noticed recently how my happiness level decreases with the increase in time that I have on it. So even though I've increased the time and so therefore increased efficiency um, in many areas of, of, of my life, I, I, re I do notice that after a certain amount of time, my happiness level decreases, my stress and anxiety goes up, my sense of loneliness sometimes mm. uh, increases. Um, I get agitated. I start to have these thoughts like, oh, everyone else is crushing it or look at all, all these photos of people smiling and happy and on vacation even though i live that life i mean i go around and do stuff just yeah. seeing someone else scrolling through it the whole time i'm like man my life's pretty crap compared to those people <laughs> it's 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 very very true i mean i i geeked out on psychology when i was back in the university so doing my bar, my marketing degree on nights and weekends i was i ended up minoring in, in psychology i ended up falling in love with it and the biggest thing that you see nowadays are people trying to dig into the fact of 
that repetitive. And it's funny because I do social media marketing, by the way, but, and I help people grow their brands online, but I do, I still, I still keep that essential healthy balance of knowing that the repetitive exposure of people posting the best moments of their life on Instagram and Facebook, it does trigger people who are watching this or seeing this and, and have them second guessing, well, wow, look at their life is so amazing, right? Or that person's mm. life is going so well. Um, mm. And this is actually a great segue into why else we're bringing you on today because our, our, your last show on episode 158, we dug into your, your 30 day no alcohol challenge. And I love the fact that we're gonna dig in today about how this is manifesting into the entrepreneurial space because you're not just a guy who cares a lot about healthy sleep and making really stylish glasses. Um, and living the wonderful California life. But it's like, okay, you like to keep it real, man. Your backstory was powerful on that episode. And people need to be reminded that everybody comes from different walks of life. And just because we're posting amazing stuff on Instagram and Facebook doesn't mean we're also going through our own struggles, right? I mean, 100% right. I mean, I can tell you, um, you know, a lot of people say to me, Oh, wow, you're crushing it, James. Wow, you're doing so well. Oh, the business looks amazing. How are you? Everything's great. Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. But, you know, truthfully, this year I've had what felt like a midlife crisis. Mm. I, I, I ended a long-term romantic relationship where I was curled up in the fetal position on a Santa Monica hotel floor for two days crying because I was so upset with it. Um, I've been sick for four days this week, which is the first time I've been sick all year. And so I've just been like, kind of like not bedridden, but like stuck at home feeling sorry for myself, thinking that everyone else is out having fun and enjoying their life. And I start to go, what am I doing here? Why, why am I even living in Los Angeles? I should have been back in Australia and married with two kids and I should have been doing that. Wow. I've just wasted so many years. Like all these ridiculous stories start coming into your head. So yeah, you look at my social media and you go, wow, James is, you know, promoting inspirational stuff, which is what I like to do. But let me tell you something. That's what you and I have in common. Yeah, the, real, the reality is, and I do share this, I do share my insecurities on my, on, on my social media. But the reality for me is that, I mean, I'm happy most of the time, but some of the time I'm just like feeling like absolute dog crap yeah. and beating myself up and comparing myself and feeling insecure and feeling vulnerable and, you know, like as a grown man from Australia, I don't like to admit that sometimes I cry. Sometimes I cry. Well, you and I uh, bonded that way on the last episode because we talked a lot about vulnerability. And I and I, I share with you how like my fiance actually had broken up with me before we became fiancés. Obviously, we had a three-month breakup and I had to win her back because I had to pull my head that was so far up in my butt because I wasn't willing to be vulnerable. I wasn't willing to let the walls down and let somebody in. You know, and I'm five years older than her, and I'm 41 now, and I was my late, late 30s then. And it's like, what the heck are you doing, right? Right. But I did something about it. I think that was the biggest trigger point. And I think you could talk to this, is that this four-day challenge this week of being ill, right, being knocked down a notch, it's actually kind of good for us once in a while because it reminds us we're human. <laughs> yeah. um, but also that relationship, we talked about that on the last episode. And again, listeners, please go back and check out episode 158 or YouTube watchers, that's up on YouTube. And, you know, James gets real and we're both very transparent. And we, I think we, you and I might have even bromanced a little bit on that common ground because <laughs> yeah. it, I think back and I'm like, man, I wasn't always like that. And it takes something powerful like that to finally break through and for help us break out. Would you, I, I don't think you're going to disagree with me on that, right? No, hundred, hundred percent. I mean, I, 
I grew up in a, an Australian culture where you just have a stiff upper lip when, when bad stuff happens. You just get on with it. You don't show weakness. You just like be a man and just suck it up and take care of shit, you know, like just, just take care of it. Mm-hmm. And that works. It does work. And it comes with a cost, right? It comes at a cost. And the cost is stress, anxiety, depression, loneliness, feelings of isolation and feeling, you know, unlovable and, and not, loving, not, not loving yourself. And it also shows up with people drinking too much, you know, men, and, men and women, they, they'll go and like try to numb themselves out from these feelings that they are suppressing by going and drinking too much alcohol or taking drugs or watching too much porn or being a, a sex addict or video games addict, you know, and addictions of some kind start this way because we don't have an outlet to express our feelings, to express what's really going on. So a big transformation that I had this year was, was literally being able to stand in front of a room of people and cry and, and talk about stuff that, you know, I'm not, I either feel shame or guilt around or that I'm insecure about. And it's like a, it's like a release. It's like, you just take out the valve and, and, you know, was that one of your events or was that just obviously some other private like type of thing that you went to for your own growth? Yeah, I did a couple things. I did landmark forum and I did uh, ELC elevate leadership community, which is um, based out of long beach, California. And uh, one of them's Landmark's very analytical where you're in a room for a few days and someone's talking and they're teaching you and you're listening and then you make some phone calls to friends. And ELC is much more experiential where you do exercises in the moment and they kind of push your buttons a little bit. It's like full it's, immersion, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not for the faint hearted. Like, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> but you come out the other end and you're just like, wow, I'm like a machine. I'm alive. Let's do this. See, I get that a lot from just any event I go to, because uh, I mean, you're out in California. So, have you found after all? It's four or five years now. Have you have you made it to a Thrive Make Money Matter event yet with Cole Hatter? Yeah, yeah, oh, I have. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I've been there the past couple of years, and it's it's that's one of those events where I'm like, I mean, I highly promote his event. I love it. I love everything yeah. they're doing. It's amazing. They're growing it, but it, we actually talk about that in coaching circles where it's like, guys, like, it's very easy to come off of an event and you're high on life. But hopefully that event or what you went through, James, like gave you some of the building blocks to sustain <laughs> that necessary high because you can go through that next week and crush it. And then week two, week three, week four, all of a sudden you're diving back off, right? Yeah. Well, I've had eight months of sustained contentment. It's been great. And I, and I use the word contentment versus happiness because I, I think I was always trying to achieve this happiness thing. Like, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I want to be happy. And I'm like, what the hell does this happy thing even mean? And when I changed the word from I want to be happy to I just want to be feel I just want to feel content or I want contentment, then everything shifted for me because now I wasn't waking up each day going, Oh, I've got a, got this goal to be happy today. Now I've got this goal of just like, you know what? Things are good. I'm solid. Everything's okay. All right. This is good. I'm eating well, done some exercise, got some sunlight. I'm in a community making some pro okay cool got this yeah and then get that the next day and then the next day and the next day and all of those things combined just leave me with this all-around feeling of like yeah life's pretty good it's pretty good it doesn't have to be like oh my god i'm so excited i'm skipping down the street with euphoria it's just like i'm good 
You know, I'm glad you're bringing this up because that's one of the reasons why for this whole Thanksgiving transition, I decided to take three of these back-to-back episodes and just go personal one-on-one. The first one was to reflect on the, on the, my annual charity events that I do on Thanksgiving instead of seeing family. And, and we make, we, we, we make over 2000 meals from scratch up in Harlem, New York, and we serve the meals hot to the streets on Thanksgiving morning. Powerful uh, experience, and it's not big, some kind of big name. They're like nobody knows about it. It's like I just met I, the woman who founded it 47 years ago, Sister Mary Lanning. Like she just has this little inner circle, and I met her in a cafe, and I asked her about her, and I got to know her, and I found out about it. And it was my, it was, it was when I was in my off season from wildland firefighting out west, and I was like, oh, okay, this sounds really amazing. I want to come back and help this lady. And I've been now doing it for eight years straight. It's become a standard part of my 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 annual protocol. So I wanted mm. to share that on the podcast. And I was talking about to you about uh, the recent health issues with our dog. I'm like, you know what? That the past two months beat me up. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I did not expect that. I thought once again, even though I'm willing to, you and I talked about being vulnerable. I I was not expecting our dog to impact my stress levels. I thought I was bulletproof still, right? That you, you still right. think you're invincible. And then your your my fiance's uh, emotional energy is manifesting onto me because even though she's an equine horse vet doctor, like she deals with animals day in and day out, but when it's your own dog, I had no. I mean, she was emotional. She was taking it hard. Now, granted, Cal was doing great. Now it's been a roller coaster, but I had no idea. Like I I felt my stress increasing. I didn't realize mm. I was absorbing this. Mm. And what do most people do? And I'll admit this. I like, you know what? Let me just have a glass of wine tonight to calm down. Let me mm. let me let me have a scotch. And now granted, I'm not use doing your challenge, which I want to bring up today, but let me tell you, I did that a couple of times. And then the next morning I felt worse because I, I allow I allowed I already had this high level of stress. And I'm very aware of my body and my stress, my mindset these days because of how committed I'm to health and wellness. So you you should appreciate this. I woke up the next day and I felt worse. And then now I compounded the stress because I wasn't really dealing with it. All I did was allow a, a liquid uh, depressant to come in, which is also a toxin to my system. So my body's already mentally stressed, physically stressed, emotionally stressed. And then I added a toxin into the mix thinking that was going to at least help me deal with it. Trust me, I, I thought of you, man. I was like, oh, this is not good. Don't, no, no. For the next week, I'm not going to drink. <laughs> I can't because it's not helping the situation. Yeah, I, I love that you didn't drink for a week. And then I also find it funny that you went, oh, I'm just not going to drink for a week. But after a week, I'm going to go back to drinking the poison and the toxin again. <laughs> no, it's so that's funny. Good. Let's like, keep it real, right? Like this is this is good to know. So Yeah, I mean, I actually become a little bit more um, uh, hard on my viewpoints on drinking. I actually am beginning to, if I haven't already, formed the opinion that alcohol is a complete waste of time. Mm. But it actually has absolutely no redeeming benefits to it whatsoever. Now, I've, I've steered clear of saying that up until now, but the more I talk to people, the more who actually take my program and quit alcohol and then tell me about the benefits they've got, the more people I talk to who are struggling to quit, the more I just think this is just the crappiest, worst drug toxin thing that society has ever just went oh it's okay it's like it's like everyone in life is walking around like a smiling assassin it's interesting you point that yeah going here have some poison that's going to stay in your system for the next seven to ten days Mm -hmm. here 
have some toxins that's going to stay in your hair follicles for up to three months. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Hey, have something that will make you irritable tomorrow morning. There you go. Hey, have something that will not only make you irritable, but will make you want to eat a sugary substance because you'll feel low energy and you'll want to get a little kick. Hey, smile. Don't we enjoy drinking this alcohol, this poison, and getting fat and looking weathered and tired and sapping our productivity and inspiring us to eat crap food tomorrow and sleep poorly? Ah, oh, so great. Look how much fun we're having. I mean, you tell me, I, I would love for someone to argue what are the redeeming qualities of this of alcohol? I, what I, are they? I'll back you up because uh, I've, I've been a regular practitioner of, of detoxing and cleansing my body since 2010 when I found it. I do nutritional cleansing cycles. I have no problem taking a month off. I could, I've done it for two months. It's not a big deal, especially when I was firefighting because my body was getting bashed. I mean, it was by, by the second year, I had to pull my head on my butt and realize, like, listen, when you have those days off, you need maximum rest and recovery. I can't allow that in. In I mean, my body needs to heal for those two days before I go back to the 16-hour shifts of fighting fire and stuff like that. So I learned a lot about that, and that's back in 2010, 2011. So I back you up now because when I finish, for example, a hardcore, and it, this isn't just going off alcohol. Like I'm hardcore uh, nutrient density, vitamin supplementation, just like hacking the body and just crushing it for that 30 days. It's like hitting a massive reset switch and then looking for ways to sustain that. But let me tell you, I mean, you, yeah, your energy shoots through the roof. Your clarity shoots through the roof. Like I, I've been in the process of writing a book right now. Let me tell you, if I don't drink, I'm much more pro pro you know, productive and I'm not as stressed. <laughs> so it's totally uh, backed up. So I agree with your point. Why is it? that we frown on things like cocaine, heroin, everything else. But a, a liquid alcohol isn't as frowned upon until you do something bad like a DUI or God forbid hurt somebody, right? So is it because yeah. we just made it so accessible? Yeah, we made it acceptable and we made it accessible. Yeah. That, that, that's what somewhere in history, we decided this was gonna be an okay kind of drug. And then we start indoctrinating everyone with it every single, every single day of their life. I mean, think about it. When you're a kid growing up, you see your parents having friends around and drinking wine over dinner and having a beer. Mm -hmm. And then when you're like 16, 17 or 18, you start drinking beer and then you get to college and you're in a fraternity and it's like, got to drink a whole lot of booze and get drunk and get wasted. And then you have a 21st birthday party and then you associate drinking beer with watching sports. A Sunday afternoon, you're going to watch the Denver Broncos in the local pub, take on the San Diego Chargers. Like, oh, let's have a couple of beers. Oh, okay. And then, oh, I'm going out on a date tonight. Oh, great. I'll, I'll meet her for a drink. Hey, let's meet for a drink. Oh, okay. And the woman says, okay, I'll meet for a drink. And then you meet. And now you become reliant on this poison hmm. just to be able to go on a date and, have, and, and converse with someone. And then, oh, there's a wedding. Well, at the wedding, well, you have to drink champagne because, well, champagne is associated with celebration. And, you, well, you've got to raise a toast. Well, who said you've got to raise a toast of champagne to toast anyone for anything. I'll sure. tell you who. The, the champagne companies. Of course, it's all marketing. It's all marketing. But we, we live in this world where it's, it's just so normal. Let me tell you this. If you're an entrepreneur listening to this right now, if you drink even one drink a day, you are leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. Mm. You are literally losing the potential to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because when you have one drink of alcohol, 
your sleep is compromised. And when your sleep is compromised, you wake up irritable. And when you're irritable, you don't have as much drive. You don't have as much focus. You don't have as much clarity. And so what do those three things give you? Productivity. But guess what? If you don't have those things, you do not have productivity, which means maybe you're operating in your business at like a six out of 10. Let's even say you're at a seven or even an eight out of 10. The difference between a six and a nine or a seven or an eight and a nine is six figures. Wow. It's a it's $100,000 at least, right? Sometimes millions. So every time you have that seemingly innocent drink, oh, just a glass of wine at the end of the day, just to wind down. Okay, have it, but know that in doing so, you've just cost yourself six figures, $100,000 at least. Now, I mean, some people might be hearing this and they'll be like, wait a minute. I mean, come on. Maybe I'm a, a small business startup entrepreneur, right? So, I mean, he's like, wait a minute, there's no way I'm making six figures tomorrow. Like, right? Isn't that, so could somebody have a common response to that right now? Like, how do you respond to something like that? Because you know, I, I see where you're going with this. I'm getting the vision, right? I, I'm seeing the math, the math in my head. I just want to help some of the listeners hearing this right now. Mm-hmm. So, so I would invite the listeners to ask themselves this question, right? How are you living your life on a scale of one to 10? Let's say your productivity level. Like, where are you? Let's just say, and I would hazard a guess that most people would probably say they're about a six or a seven Hmm. in terms of where they think they are compared to where they think they could be. Right. Is that fair? Yeah. I'm my own self, uh, worst self critic. (laughs) I like to, Yeah. I mean, I I, I can't stand when people do a SWOT analysis. I literally saw this for a company today and and they had nothing listed for their weaknesses. And I literally laughed at them because I said, you do not understand what a SWOT analysis is. A whole different conversation, but back to your point. Yes, yeah. some of us are our own worst self-critics, and that should be used to a benefit so you know that you can improve. Let's just even give benefit of the doubt and say most people would say they're a 7 out of 10. Okay. So Let how much say. money does someone make at a 7 out of 10? So let's say on average, let's just say someone is a small business owner maybe or they're in a job. Let's just say $40,000, $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year, yeah. okay? So just as a, just, this is just a hypothetical, okay? It's not right or wrong. It's just a hypothetical. So someone who believes that they're operating at a 7 out of 10 and is making $50,000 a year, whether it's in a business or a job. So let me ask you this question. If you were operating at a 9 out of 10, and a 9 out of 10 means clarity, focus, energy, drive, productivity, happiness, all the studies show that happy people are wealthier, mm-hmm. wealthier people tend to be happier and have greater habits, mm-hmm. okay? If you just go from a seven to a nine, chances are you are going to go from 50 grand to something approaching 100 grand at least. Now, you're in a job and you're phoning it in and your boss is like, oh, yeah, you know, Scott does a good job, seven out of 10, 50 grand a year. Imagine if you're a nine out of 10 and all of a sudden you come in and you go, hey, I've got this great idea for this thing. Let's do this or you start selling more, or you start going the extra mile, your chances of getting a promotion increase exponentially, which results in could be $10,000 more, $25,000 more. Maybe you all of a sudden go, I'm too big for this damn company. I'm so damn good. I'm going to put myself on the market. And then another company comes in and hires you and offers you $120,000. Well, now- And you have the confidence to take it. Yeah, and now you've just made an additional $70,000 just by moving yourself from a seven to a nine. Hmm. So how can someone argue against the fact that if you have a business and the business is doing 100 grand in revenue, 
and you are your own boss and you have the power to be strategic and make decisions and do deals and bring get customers how can you argue that going from a seven to a nine is not going to make you anything less than a hundred thousand dollars it's insane it's like when you are operating at your full potential you make stuff happen when you are operating at a seven out of ten or less waking up tired and irritable because you've had a drink then you're just like eh not horrible but just blah blah I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's just like if it's if I forget to wear my blue blockers, kind of tying it all back together. Whether we're talking about alcohol or blue blockers, if you're not hitting a proper rest cycle, and I, I already I already have the studies, alcohol does not help you properly reach your 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 deep REM sleep cycle, just like allowing all the blue light in. So these are both playing. Imagine. So here's the thing, listeners, you don't understand blue block technology. You're you're playing an iPad and watching TV right before bed. Oh, and then you're drinking at the same time. I mean, you're just crashing and burning. I back you up 100%, James, because when I when I wake up the next day and I forgot to wear my glasses, I'm a little foggier. I can bounce back pretty good because I'm usually using them all the time, but I notice the morning is different. It takes a little bit more effort for me to kick all my normal processes and my best practices into gear. So add alcohol into that, and it's it's a whole different game. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I see no redeeming qualities to it, to it at all. And I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, and especially with entrepreneurs who have the ability to go out and just create their own universe to, to you know, I mean, everyone can, but I like talking to entrepreneurs and spe- specifically, you know, I, I just know that once you quit alcohol, let me give you one example, if I may, oh, yeah. there's, a guy, there's, a, there's a guy called Kevin, who is in my uh, a program I have called Project 90. And Project 90 essentially coaches entrepreneurs who drink into quitting alcohol for at least 90 days. And so they can see the huge benefits that they, they can get from that. And they got a guy called Kevin. He lives outside of Boston. He's in commercial real estate. And Kevin came to me and he was drinking two or three drinks a night. So he wasn't getting drunk, but he was just having a couple of drinks. Every three night? Drinks. Yeah, every night. Wow. Um, here's, here's your Project 90 for the video watchers. Uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah keep going. And, um, and he... Uh, he was used to doing two real estate deals per year. And he, he said, to him, said to me, I'm operating at about a seven out of 10. And then he did, um, uh, he, he was in my program for 34 days, 34 days. And he ended up doing a third real, real estate deal, which is unheard of for him because he went four years in a row just doing two deals. Hmm. He had the clarity of mind, the productivity, the focus to go out there and go, you know what? I'm going to go for a third deal. He made the third deal and that commission to him was worth $400,000. Well, that's a so game he, changer. So he joined my Project 90 program. I, t- I showed him how to quit alcohol and stay quit. And 34 days later, he did a deal which is worth $400,000 to him. If you see, if you go up again, just to scroll up a little bit there, Scott. See that guy there on the left, Chad Brand- Brad- Brownfield uh, there? Brownfield, yeah. Yeah, he has an e-commerce business. He sold um, vacuum cleaners and vacuum parts online an e-commerce store. He joined my program. His business was in trouble. He didn't know what to do. And he joined the program. And literally two months later, he just sold the business for a huge amount of money, which he was thrilled about. When he recorded that testimonial, it was about to be sold. But subsequently, he's, that, that business has sold. He won't tell me how much he sold it for, but he was... <laughs> He was smiling. He was smiling. If, he, a lot. if he's then, got a grin ear to ear, he's happy. <laughs> the gentleman down the bottom left there is a guy called Andrus Lagsden. And Andrus um, has a, a company called Baking Steel Company. So he makes um, 
those steel plates that you cook um, pizzas on, like oven, uh, oven. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, when he joined the program, he was drinking every day. And then he quit on April 1st of 2018 and he lost 25 pounds and he managed to get the company back into his own hands. It was a family business, but he managed to have the clarity and focus to, I, I don't want to use the word wrestle the business back, but he, he strategically got the business back into his own hands and now the business is up and thriving and generating a bunch of revenue uh, again. Plus, he's now has a greater relationship with his kids and his, uh, his wife, he tells me. So, yeah, it's all from just giving up the poison. It's all from just quitting alcohol. Well, and we haven't even talked about the day-to-day financial benefits of not spending the money on the alcohol. Like, I mean, here, I'll give you an example here. I, I, I just got back literally last night from three back-to-back tra- days of traveling through, across upstate New York for business development for one of my clients. So from Buffalo to Rochester to Syracuse, uh, I think I banged out a thousand miles. All right. So, you know, I, I love road trips, so it's not, it doesn't phase me, but at the hotel every night, you have a choice, right? I could, I could go down to the bar and drink or what I've done is best practice. And I, granted, I'm not in your program, but I don't need to drink all the time. I never have really. So, uh, my, my hack has always been, I just like to socialize. Like who's to say you have to go into a hotel bar, sit at the bar, and actually drink alcohol. Why can't I just go down, sit there, have a nice dinner, have a nice conversation, and order a club soda, which I do all the time. And let me tell you, financially, I've done the math because I'm a spreadsheet geek. I did that. Every time I don't don't buy alcohol, I'm probably saving minimum. Let's just go ahead and say with if you just one drink, and depending on where you're at, what city you're in, you could be saving 15 to 20 bucks per you know occurrence depending on like let's say you're buying a martini or something like that so i don't think people do the math (laughs) like okay one business trip let's say you're saving 20 bucks just one week well Mm. that's 52 weeks do the math okay i mean people might want another thousand plus dollars i don't know (laughs) Uh, maybe you want to have a nicer steak at dinner instead of buying the alcohol because the business makes more money on your alcohol than they do your food let's be real Mm. so Mm. Um, I love bringing it down to the little things too. I love the vision you're establishing for us, but I think sometimes people forget about the day-to-day benefits too, the, the financial pocketbook. The people who I talk to, this is why I love what we're, why we're going with this. People who tell me, I don't have the time for a side hustle. <laughs> okay, well, all good entrepreneurs usually have started with a side hustle, okay? And then the side hustles that click are the ones that become your full-time hustle if it, if it makes sense and you can make enough money, right? Well, if... To your point, if I don't drink, I can get up earlier or I could stay up later depending on your clock and, and your full-time job. So if you're cl- clear, more alert, more awake, more energized, and now you can get up at 6 a.m. instead of 7 a.m., now you've got that extra hour a day to work on your side hustle. So your little excuse of not being able to do a side hustle has just changed, right? That's how right. I look at it. Yeah. I mean, we... we the one leveler, the one thing that we all have exactly the same is time. Mm. It's, a, it's a perfectly fair playing field because we all have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? It's, we all got the same amount of time. What we do with that time is what defines us. So, mm. so you know, like the different, let's do two scenarios here. Scott goes down to the hotel bar. And in scenario one, he orders a beer followed by a cocktail. And then because he's having the beer, he's like, ah, oh, I might as well order some a burger and fries or something. It's kind of late. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll just make it fries. Cool, let's have some fries. 
So now he's had two drinks. He's had a beer, he's had a cocktail, and he's had fries. It's a whole lot of sugar in that, that discussion. <laughs> yeah. Versus Scott goes down to the bar and he goes, you know what, let me take a water ice piece of lime or let me, let me have a soda water. Mm-hmm. So version one, you've spent probably, let's see, probably spent 10, 25, 35 bucks plus tip. Hotels are pretty expensive, so they put, put a little bit on. So you probably spent 40 bucks maybe, maybe 45 and in version two, you've either spent zero or a soda water, which is like three bucks in a hotel plus a dollar tip is four bucks. Let's say you have two, you spent $8 tops. Oh yeah, my non-alcoholic so, beverage that costs a couple of bucks is if they got uh, fresh mint, I like hmm. to make them muddle some mint into a glass, throw some ice, throw some either soda water or water in there. And I'm drinking like a minty a minty water instead of the lime, right? Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to reduce all forms of sugar. So I even see sugar and lime, I'm crazy, I'm obsessed, I know. But it's like, and then for example, to your example though, I did have dinner with my laptop working at the bar in the corner and watching a football game, did not have any alcohol. So I ordered a beautiful filet mignon, rare, and, uh, and a, a double order of broccolini because I don't need all the white starchy stuff. So I do double veggie. I always do meat and double veggie. That's just my style when I travel, but. I love it. Right. But I mean, people are like, oh, I can't, I can't always get a filet all the time. Really? What if you don't order two to three drinks? Well, now you just leveled up your primary goal of why you went out to dinner. An amazing dinner to reward yourself. So I mean, and then in, 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 your, in the second version, you sleep well, um, and you wake up and you just have the day the way that nature intended you to have the day mm-hmm. versus the first version where you don't sleep as well and you wake up going, oh, shouldn't have had that cocktail last night. And now you're a little bit tired, <clears throat> a little bit lethargic, and now you're playing catch up all day. So well, now you're operating at a six out of ten versus the nine out of ten you could be at. And and a lot of these examples you gave us on your website, I'm going to share again here. Again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, his other branded site is his name, JamesSwanick.com. But Project Ninety, uh, it's just forward slash Project Ninety. We'll, we'll share this in the show notes as well. But uh, the other piece we were just discussing, though, it's like, okay, I, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur. Well, entrepreneurs need to be their own best sales and marketing professionals unless you have a team. And I do this for my clients. So if I have an 8 a.m. power meeting set up with a client or a client's client, again, how's that meeting going to go? Because what I'm hearing from you, James, is there's two different ways that meeting is going to go. You're going to be just kind of lethargic and it's just going to be a run-of-the-mill meeting or you're going to crush it and you're going to close thousands, if not millions of dollars in sales. Just throwing that out there. And you know what, depending on what your line of work is or what your business is, all you need is one kick-ass conversation to completely transform your business. Mm-hmm. But you don't have the kick-ass conversation because you're not feeling kick-ass. You know, you kind of like doubt yourself. You're not confident. You're kind of low energy. And, but when you're at the top of your game, energy, focus, clarity, you become confident. You become believable. And so the likelihood of doing a deal or making a sale or making a strategic decision can result in massive, massive amounts of, of revenue in your business. So uh, it's so easy for me to, un- to understand that. One drink equals potentially mediocrity. Zero drinks equals potential outstanding life. Well, and for our newer listeners, um, let's, let's establish a timeline. You didn't always know this, right? And we, we're coming towards the end of the show, but I want to make sure we remind these people of this, is that you, know, you had to figure this out yourself, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a I was a I was a social drinker right up until 2010. I was never an alcoholic. No, I'm, I'm like I, you. I just drank 
the way that society would say is okay for a man to drink. And I woke up one morning in March, 2010, I looked in the mirror. I realized I'd put on some weight. I realized I looked tired and weathered. I didn't feel too good. It wasn't like I'd got arrested and I was rock bottom or anything. I was just like, blah. I was just like existing in the world. I just wasn't flourishing. And so I said, you know what? I'll take a 30 day break, see what happens. And I quit for 30 days. I lost 13 pounds. I slept better, got more energy, more focus. Went and auditioned for a job at ESPN to host Sports Center. Got the audition, ended up being a Sports Center anchor on ESPN. And I felt so damn good. I thought, you know what? I'll just keep on going and stay not drinking. And I literally haven't touched a drop of alcohol since that night. It's been, well, you know, it's, you know, eight, eight and a bit years now. So, um, you know, for me, my whole life has transformed because of it. So, and I never used to say that drinking was the devil. I always used to say that too much drinking was the devil. But now I'm thinking, I'm thinking it might just be drinking the devil. You know, I, I, I don't I don't argue that, James, because you've at least put the time in to justify making a decision to morph your statement. Okay. You you now have gone from not just making your own personal commitments, but also impacting others with your prior 30-day no alcohol challenge, which we talked about back on episode 158. And now obviously you're really trying to target this to help people grow their businesses. So yes, I, I think when you reach a point where you put in enough time. You've discussed it with enough people. You've influenced enough people positively. If you want to change your your position and make it a little bit more strict, I, I think I'm cool with it. <laughs> I think you've earned the right to take it to a to a stricter level because you're now you're now you're really impacting not just people you might have at your events or you know, people that might be buying your glasses like me, but and people you might be listening to on a podcast. But with this new Project Ninety, I mean, you could be impacting hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars, and. I, I'm excited by this because small businesses drive this economy, not the big corporations. And this could be night and day for some people out there that are trying to, what, what, what is the last number? Seven out of 10 small businesses fail. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. And when, when small businesses are driving the economy, we need to make a dent on that in a positive way. So that's I think exactly it's right. Yeah. And I, I just think that, <clears throat> if you really want to step up to the highest level in, in your life, I just think doing it from outstanding health is the, the greatest way to do that. So look, if you can drink alcohol and have it not affect you, okay, great. Go ahead and drink alcohol, but uh, uh, only on the most rare occasions, you know, most rare circumstances in life are there people who can drink alcohol and still flourish you might be able to function but i mean flourish i mean flourish i mean really live life yeah you can function there's functioning alcoholics out there mm -hmm. but do you want to just function do you want to just exist or do you want to flourish and be outstanding in all areas of your life so you know it's personal choice I, i've I, made my i've made my choice Clearly, I love it, <laughs> and 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 for, I think it's important to remind people. Like some people, it, you're you're challenging somebody initially with your old challenge with 30 days, and now Project 90 was this 90 at least a 90 day cycle, which I agree with because I, I've done a lot of fitness transformations for people and things over the years because I've always been in the health and fitness space too, and I'll tell you, people get excited for that first 30 day result, and I'm like, guys, that's just the tip of the iceberg. 30 days, yeah. well, what is it? What is that? There's a book on this. Uh, it's 28 days supposedly establishes a habit. 
30 days actually ensures you've executed on the habit. But for a true transformation, whether it's physical, mental, or in this case, both with your program, uh, I've always told people it's a 16 week. Well, you're going a month shy of that. You're saying, let's just make it happen for 90 guys. It's only three months of your life. Just give it a shot. 90 days. Can you do it? It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, what happens is you get to 90 days alcohol free and then you're like, I want to keep going. It, you no longer look at alcohol as the reward. You're no longer looking at day 91 as like, yes, I get to have a drink. You're looking at day 91 as like, yes, I get to continue to be alcohol free. And their whole life transforms from that. Wow. So, so, so the biggest mistake that I see people making is this idea like, oh, you're depriving yourself of something by being alcohol free because that, that assumes that the alcohol is the reward. And I get it because society tells us that alcohol is the reward, right? True. That's why, that's why we see waiters and waitresses smiling. Oh, can I, can I get you started with some drinks? So, oh, let's go and have that's some drinks. That's how they drinks. make their oh. biggest revenue, biggest tips. That's- Smiling assassins. I'm telling you, smiling assassins. I, I can tell you, I'm a former bartender. So trust me, I knew how I was going to make more money. It was it was always the, the alcohol because the business makes more money. So that's, that's how right. the tips flowed. Let's be real. I'm not going to hide yeah. that. Been there. Yeah. Um, well, I, I again, I'm so excited we had you back on because I, not just because these are stylish glasses and I absolutely uh, love rocking them and, and tagging you on Instagram when I can. But also, Thank you. I'm excited to see this transformation of your programs. And this is something I've always talked to people about. When you, You'd be surprised what happens in six months to a year. And did you have Project 90 launched back in February or March? I did not. No, no. Yeah. And you were back, you were on, I think, yeah, because I had prior to you, I had uh, Sharon Mitchell from Australia on in February who also has a powerful story about quitting the alcohol. And then Mm. you came on right after her. Actually, I aired that show on March 9th. Mm. So it's exciting that it's only November. We're not even a year later. And you've already morphed your proven system from the 30 to no alcohol challenge into something specifically targeting entrepreneurs. So I'm excited for you, man. This is a big move. Thank you, Scott. I I appreciate it. I mean, I'm excited for all the entrepreneurs out there who are going to have a much bigger impact in their businesses because, you know, I'm able to show them how to quit and stay quit. Cause lots of people can quit, but staying quit, that's a different challenge altogether. But uh, yeah, I appreciate your, your support and your enthusiasm and encouragement. And uh, you know, I, I think, I think for you, Scott, I reckon maybe we, we squeeze out seven days alcohol free to 14 and then maybe we push a little further to 21, push a little further and just keep going week by week maybe. Oh, I already have a 30-day a window because I have a client right now that I'm helping her take the next couple of weeks off of alcohol because we're going through her own. She's going through menopause. She put on 30 mm. pounds. And so I'm putting her through my own little program right now. And I told her, like, listen, part of this program is I need you to wean yourself off of that stuff. Okay. She's a wine. She loves her wine. I'm like, that sugar is mm-hmm. not helping the equation and you no. can't drink at all. When we, when we do our fasting detox days, like I can't have you consuming a toxin when your body is supposed to be doing maximum healing on a fasted state. Like you're, you want those organs to be able to take that day off, like give them a rest day. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. So uh, we're, trust me, I'm with you, man. I, 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 I love doing 30 day breaks and admittedly I haven't done a 90 day. I might have to jump on. I think it's going to have to happen. Um, so, so people listening to this, James, obviously I already shared the screen here again. It's jameswanick.com forward slash project 90. But besides clicking on the site, is there anything else you recommend people hearing this who just are just maybe they're on the edge 
and they just like, you know what, I'm not ready to click a button per se, but what can I do or what can you do to recommend to them to help them kind of at least, at least take it seriously, like really consider it? What is it costing you not to stop drinking? Mm. Just ask yourself that question. Like, like what's it costing you not to do it? What is the opportunity cost of drinking? And the opportunity cost is often lost revenue, lost businesses, failed relationships, distance from their kids, poor health, looking old before your time, irritability, stress, anxiety. So, you know, if you if you rely on alcohol as a social crutch, okay, go and keep drinking alcohol and smiling and drinking your poison. But just know that that is coming at a cost. So I would just invite you, what is it costing you not to stop? And I think when you really sit down and just think about it for like even just like 60 seconds, Anyone can make 60 seconds. Put a, put a timer on your phone and goes, click and run a timer for 60 seconds and just write down, what's it costing me to keep drinking? Not, and not just the money that you spend on the alcohol, but the food that you buy because you've had the alcohol or the taxi or the DUI or the speeding ticket or the lost income because you're only phoning in your, your job at a seven out of 10 because you haven't got a promotion. Is it costing you a relationship? Did your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife break up with you because you weren't fully present? Maybe it wasn't because of, they didn't say it was because of the drinking, but maybe it was just because of the effects of your drinking because you just weren't present. You didn't show up. You didn't, you, you just phoned in the relationship like you phoned in your job, like you phoned in everything else. So just ask yourself that question. What's it costing me? What's it really costing me? And I think when you see that, it's a bit of a wake up call and you go, huh? I think I might make a change here. I love that. Well, I mean, listen, normally I have my guest co-host give us, uh, you know, a final words to just sum up everything we discussed today or what their the current mission is. But I think you're pretty much hit on that. I mean, I, I'm going to keep the door open for you. Is there anything that's kind of all encompassing right now that sums up everything and what your what is the current mission moving forward besides obviously Project 90? Um, sleep better and... Uh, just don't drink as much alcohol or quit alcohol altogether. You do those two things, everything else is cream cheese. <laughs> wow. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I think he established a pretty good case study today. Uh, and James, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. But ladies and gentlemen, he, everything that he brought up today, everything we discussed, it's it's doable. It's it's not not doable. It's just he made a very good point here. You have to do the math. You have to sit down and figure out what what are your priorities is your life not working your right decision? If things aren't moving the right direction, I mean, go back, listen to the show again. And one thing I do ask you all is please share this. I guarantee you each and every one of you have something in your life or some person in your life that might benefit from an episode like this. So please, we, we, you know, James and I took the time out of our days. I don't have sponsors I, on purpose. You know, I want to give amazing content. I want you to share stuff like this to help impact other people's lives. Because again, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. James has definitely done that today. So please go check out jameswanick.com forward slash project 90 and learn a little bit more about everything we discussed here at the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, you too can live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon.
Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.